and I was a little early there because I'm trash. Hey, you know what, Nick? We're just going to do one more for good measure this week. Ready? Double trash. Three, two, one. Oh, man. I just feel I felt, so I feel so, so synced right now. I'm saying. Hello. Craig, why didn't you clap? <laughs> I was going to go right in. Nick, I was feeling so good. You were feeling good. And oh, you, I, was, I was getting ready to do the intro, and you just talking to Craig over here. Craig Remember joined in time? right on time. He did. Remember the one episode ever where we had a, a normal intro? Normal intro. All right. Speaking of normal intros, let's play the music. to the year we started a podcast it's a podcast born phoenix like from the ashes stop typing well i guess i could just cut it out no it's fine uh, from the ashes of last year's podcast i'm your co-host letters. jeff <laughs> i literally typed two letters i'm your other co-host nick and this is our podcast where we type sometimes we're a couple friends that have a continent apart that want to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us Whoo boy nick uh people they deserve an update nick do you remember the thing that i've gotten most passionate about on this podcast at this point the printer the printer the printer they're evil they're bad i yeah uh i had some things to say i think the episode that if you want to go listen to that rant it was at the beginning of uh transformers connect the dot episode um basically that made me so upset or the the events leading up to that made me so upset that i bought a way too expensive laser printer uh and was very happy about the laser printer i even said so on this podcast you are literally you cannot justify the the cost of the laser printer except through under the lack of headaches there there you go headaches lost i uh, and i would like to go ahead and rephrase that sentence in the past tense because nick we lost power a while back. I actually shared it on this podcast. However, I ended up cutting it because it was like a 30-minute long story about how I lost power. I had to siphon gas into a generator to keep my house from flooding. It was an interesting story for yeah. like telling a friend, not for a podcast that is normally like 40 to 50 minutes long. So yeah, uh, yeah. it ended up, ended up cutting the entire thing because otherwise it would have been like a two-hour podcast. I didn't want to do that. But – Lost power a while back. Uh, got power back eventually, which was good. Uh, good. Didn't flood the house. It was, all, it was all good. Hadn't had to print anything in a while. Uh, however, oh, I no. recently, hilariously enough, the title of that episode was Transformer Connect the Dots. Well, guess what I wanted to go print off of my printer? Transformer Connect the Dots for my son. <laughs> And I couldn't print. And I was like, oh, well, maybe the printer never turned back on from the time that we lost power. So I checked to have power. Uh, I checked to see if it said that it was connected to our Wi-Fi. It was connected to our Wi-Fi, according to it. I checked the thing on my router admin thingy-majig and definitely was not showing up on DHCP list of clients. And so I'm like, well, maybe it just needs reset. So I reset the printer and then I reset the router and then I did the reset the network settings on the printer. And just imagine just repeating those steps. And like, I'll Uh, tell you what, Nick, I... I dislike this. I tried all the things. I basically just did the same thing over and over again for a half hour and eventually it just worked the 17th time. So if you ever need to like fix a printer, just don't give up i guess like just keep resetting the network settings and hitting the button on the dps thing on your router and telling your printer to connect to it or any combination of the order of those things <sighs> but eventually did print the it transformer did? connect I mean, the dots that's, i love how dumb technology is because like you're a, you're obviously tech literate 
It is and, like, literally my job. And, and <laughs> yeah. instead of it being like some, oh, I had to do something, just, you just reset it a bunch, and eventually it does the thing. That's so weird. But also, I am very glad that it did the thing. I was like really sad for you. Like, there's no way. Your freaking expensive-ass thing can't be broken, Jeff. I'll be too sad for you, because you're going to have to go buy another expensive-ass one. Or, you know, go through warranty claims, which is also the worst thing ever. It's no, like, no, like literally I was probably a half hour away from just declaring the printing was a technology <laughs> that we tried and is no longer a venture worth pursuing. Like, this week we learned space travel feasible, printers not feasible. Okay? It's, it's just, just, you can't have digital things come out of physical medium. It's apparently just not possible. It's difficult. It's hard. Nope. Okay, so that's my, my printer update. Good. Nick, I had a lot of fun when we did our quiz thing uh, last episode. And again, talking about segments that got partially cut from the oh, podcast. No. Um, yes. We did do the, the two truths and a lie thing that did make the podcast. But one of the things that I did cut was when we started going down the road of talking about how you can quote the NBA Finals and Finals MVP from 1980 forward in reverse order, interestingly enough, uh, from yeah. memory. And uh, that actually did, if you want to, go check it out. It's on our Patreon. Um, Nick does do a fairly respectable job at uh, quoting things. I don't think that's perfect, but as, as close. Especially when you consider the fact that your name is not Wikipedia. <laughs> like, my name uh, is not. It's not. But I have Let me check fun. my Wikipedia article. But Nick, actually. I just... I wa- okay, okay, Nick. But I want to make sure that you're not just some Wikipedia person in disguise that happens to just say that they like basketball. So, Nick, we're going to do another quiz show. Okay, that's Quiz show time. Let's go. Okay, Nick, uh, we're not going to talk about the details. We're just going to dive into this. Uh, I will need you to pick between these uh, seven categories. General knowledge, dictionary, entertainment, history, food and drink, geography, science and nature. Uh, I'm going to say history. Okay, history. It has a very dramatic sound effect that maybe I'll edit in. It's pretty good. Um, Wow. This is interesting, Nick. Uh, which English? <laughs> By the way, I've done zero percent vetting on all. Basically, all I did was make sure that this I, was. <laughs> I was like expecting this to be something that like would be roughly in my wheelhouse, but I love it. Like, like, let's go. No well, vetting, just and, and random Nicholas- ass history question. Okay, well, whatever. You, you you picked history, bud. I did pick history. Go ahead. Okay, uh, for uh, a thousand points, uh, which English monarch? Did Jane Seymour marry in 1536? Uh, George. It was, it was George. George. Well, well, Nicholas, okay. <laughs> there are multiple Georges on this multiple choice. Let me read oh. the multiple choice for you. Okay. Uh, Wait, so you're going to give me a multiple choice? You're going to ask me who married a monarch from the 50s and it's multiple choice and you're not even going to tell me the choices? Jeffrey, no, no, this no, is I, I saw, Okay, first off, Nicholas, oh. it's from the 1500s, not from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> my brain, my brain is dumb. I knew you meant. I, I meant fifteen hundred. I, I my brain doesn't work good. I I agree. Um. So it, no, it. I I just started laughing at the ridiculousness of the question. I definitely will read you the multiple choice options for these. So, a Henry the Eighth, uh, B uh, Edward the Confessor, C George the mm. Third, and D George the Fourth. So you're. Go. You you are already like thinking that George Look, route. You still uh, thinking yeah, that? That's... Uh, it's it's the confessor does not sound like someone someone should marry into. <laughs> I don't trust the confessor. I'm hoping it's not the confessor. Um, we're going George the Third. It's real early on in uh, in. Okay, uh, it's not it's not George the Third. Not George, George the Third. Keep, but keep going. George the Fourth. 
That's not George the Fourth. All right, but you think it's not Edward, so we're going Henry then, right? Like uh, that's yeah, the next one. Yeah. Oh, it's Henry. Wrong. You're right. Oh, okay. it's, it's, uh, See, look, you, easy. At least you easy. knew it wasn't the confessor. Okay, here we go. Which of the Queen's uh, paternal uncles perished in World War II? This is, this is dumb. <laughs> this is a bad game. Is... Okay, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> right, you know what, Nick? We're, we're bailing on history. We're going back in. Yeah, give me uh, we're, different. We're trying a different one. I feel what, like what you would I... do... Yeah, you yeah. would okay. Uh, Leave me general, alone. I'm here. There's, there's. I'm leading you the blind, leading the blind here. Uh, general knowledge. I feel like you could maybe do okay on that. Uh, science and nature. General, uh, general how are you? Knowledge. With, how are you with geography? Bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> me too. This is, this is all bad for me. Give me okay. general knowledge. Should be general, general knowledge. knowledge. Okay, Let's okay. go. It's gonna ask me like a car question. I'm gonna be like, ah, I'm not that guy. Damn. Nicholas, you can get this one right. This is probably the easy, like, literally Let's compared go. to what we just did. Uh, the middle, okay, blindly, this would be confusing, maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, the middle of the world is made of what? Do you just want to shoot your shot without even hearing the, the multiple choice here? Well, the middle of the world, like... Um, Earth, let's say. Oh, God. Is it... it I mean, it's so... It's so... I used to know these layers oh, and crap. Okay, to be fair, I'm not even 100% sure that this is scientifically accurate, but you can guess from the four of these. Yeah, so go for it. it is gamma, karma, magma, or dogma. <laughs> <laughs> these are such bad options. <laughs> like... This is a trivia question. When you make it multiple choice, it's no longer a trivia question. It's a process of even remotely possibly. It's a vocabulary question. Like, do you know what karma is? Or do you know what magma is? Damn it. I always mix up karma and magma, you know? Uh, Okay, so I assume that you know the answer to this, Nicholas. It's magma. It's magma. I did it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Dad. 1,500 points. Uh, Last one. What decade was MTV launched? I'm not even oh, going to You just pick. I, it's either the 80s or the 70s, I think. I, th- I think it's the 80s. I'm going to guess the 70s. I was wrong. It was the 80s. You were right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, good yeah. job. Okay. This is... Whoo, boy. What a game. What a game. <laughs> like, we, like we cut with the NBA stuff. We're probably going to cut a little bit. I don't know. It was pretty good. It's like it's, 12 no, minutes. No, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I, it's a good find. It's a random find, but it's fun. So, Nick, uh, I recently had a person call me a little bit out of the blue just to ask how things were going. We had some family stuff going on, and they're just wanting to catch up. Okay. And it made me th- – it was nice. It was a really nice thing. Yeah. Um, but it made me think, I do not know when the last time that that had happened. I certainly don't remember the last time that I've taken that initiative. I'm sure there are times I'm forgetting, but uh, I could I – could, I could not conjure a memory in the last decade where I've been a good friend uh, and called. I mean, I've definitely called people to just talk about whatever about stuff like my wife or like if we have plans with somebody and to talk through those sort of things or whatever. But like just to call somebody and see how they're doing. Like, is that a thing? Like, I've we've already talked in the show how I am a particularly <sighs> poor text message slash phone user in general, uh, um, voicemail offender, etc. What is I that? Have- I have like two or three friends that I can do this with, but like they're they're the it's it's like that's my relationship with them, and I've had that relationship with them for, since uh since you know before I was eighteen, since at least high school, maybe maybe older for some of the other guys. Is and, that like a thing that you like do regularly? regularly? No, that's what I was gonna say. Like probably once or twice a year, probably twice okay. a year. That's not too bad. Yeah, I feel like that's probably more on the normal scale. 
Um, I, I do I do reach out to some people through text just from t- time to time. Yeah, no, I definitely do the text thing. It's a lot. I always feel when I'm calling people that I'm demanding their attention immediately. And as we've mentioned on the show, like that's not not my style. I don't like to ask people to, you know, not put freaking pickles on my hamburger or whatever. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't like to inconvenience people in their typical day to day, which is a normal is a normal thing to be held up by. I understand. I understand. That. It is. It is. Um, anyways, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the fact that, like you know, like the people that I talk to the most outside of my immediate family, um, like I probably talk to you the most. I mean, I like I said, I don't like call yeah. people random. Like I, I definitely talk to people at work more, but like definitely over the phone, like you or over audio, you are definitely the person I talk to, talk to the most out of those that group of people. Honestly, potentially even more than any of those people. But what that was like, I was like, man, it would feel very weird if I were to just call Nick randomly and talk to you. Like, I feel like that would feel very outside of what we would typically do. I, I know. It's, it, there's something about it that's like, okay, what, what, are, what do you need? What do you need? It's, it's like almost like you try to rush the interaction. And I don't mean to. I don't mean yeah. to be a big fat jerk. But I, and so, I am a big jerk. And so I was thinking about that through this afternoon as like we were prepping for – or like I was prepping randomly through uh, for the show throughout the day. And then, Nick, would you like to explain to our listeners what happened? Yeah. Um, you sent me a link, a video link. Uh, you don't know this part, but you sent me a video link. And I tried to click on it. Well, there was something else on my screen. And for whatever reason, it hit the call button instead. And I don't understand how it didn't hit the video link. It didn't hit – the the YouTube video that I had that I had like you know how they they uh, minimize and go in the corner it hit the call button which was nowhere near my hand and so I called you and then I hung up because I was like no I can't I can't just call Jeff <laughs> <laughs> and then so you called me uh, and you called I, me back and so and then I, I I'm like, like well no 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 hold go on go, so yep. you called me back I'm like. Oh wow, that's crazy! I was just thinking about how Nick never calls me, and we, I never call Nick. Maybe he had something to tell me. He didn't want to just text me, and so I called you back, and you declined my call immediately and then texted me <laughs> to explain to me that this no, this the whole interaction was in fact a mistake as expected. <laughs> just don't don't make me so uncomfortable that I have to go on the phone with somebody. Okay, like don't do that to me. That's that's. <laughs> Outside of my comfort zone. No, um, I, I, uh, I will say the reason that I didn't answer is that I was, uh, I was walking my dog and my neighbor was like making small talk with me and stuff. Um, so I, I could have told my neighbor like, shut up a second, but (laughs) I would have felt even worse. And I was still a bit of, I was still a bit awkward. So yeah. Although, uh, but I feel like we've once or twice called each other just to like, not like really just to talk, but, uh, to, skip the texting part of the conversation right maybe i mean i, I know like we our, have. our wives and i us our wives and i <laughs> our <laughs> us and our wives i don't know what the right word way to combine plur- two plurals like that is yeah you know you're, you're the english guy but um no i we've definitely done that like as a group and we've done that with groups of friends yeah and, but like i don't i don't know have we have we called each other on the phone just, like we've, i think just like we were texting once or twice and like probably once because you know me um and like i think that it was like something wasn't coming through or you just wanted to like like uh like expedite the conversation and like tell me something before we were gonna meet up somewhere or something like that 
But that's not again. The same, that's, that's, not really that's the, the same, same thing. thing. Like it's when you like I said it's earlier. Like, it's like you you definitely call people if you have plans with them. Like when yes. we, I definitely called you when we were out in California. We're going to meet up and play yes. basketball. Yeah. Like I, I definitely did that. But like I just like not to just like yeah, you know hey, I, you might be hey right. Nick how's basketball going now <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I know no, no nothing of the sort there. You're you're probably right, man. You're probably right. I think I think we just need to be paid for it now. Like that's that's the only way we talk about basketball now on, on the phone is we got to talk about <laughs> it for. $26 episode or whatever. Pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal, honestly. Nick, talk to me about your thing this week. Okay, Jeffrey. Um, so, last week I had this topic listed as frauds, and the reason for that is that I uh, discovered this by reading a really, really interesting article. Uh, so, I, I always feel bad because I uh, feel like a lot of my topics are me just finding an article that I'm interested in and then rehashing that article to you. But I don't care. This one is really good. And I actually know for a fact that this this intersects with Jeff in two okay. ways that are absolutely perfect, Jeff. Uh, Let's do it. For, for our listeners at home, your bachelor's was in psychology, right? It was. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I read an article about... Uh, the psychology of fraud and the title is the psychology of fraud why good people do bad things um and it was about a financial advisor uh who in particular he ran a not a a financial advisor uh here i I apologize you'll probably have to cut some of this i'm sorry uh so this is a story of a guy uh who ran a uh small mortgage loan company okay um his older brother was sent to prison uh, for fraud when he was young. And he saw the way that it wrecked his, his family, and not his family, but his parents, who's very, they were very guilty, or not felt guilty, but they were very distraught over this, right? Um, so he specifically had a frame of reference about how much fraud could hurt people ethically and how it could have negative consequences to the people around him in his life. So Toby opens up a mortgage loan company, and he knows this, so we're hopeful that he is a an ethical person. He's well liked and stuff. What's um, the what's the time frame that this is happening? This in? is happening in the early two thousands. This is oh, happening in two thousand three, okay. two thousand four. Yeah, I, okay. know, I know, I know, I um, know. I'm getting I'm getting anxious already. Go ahead. I know. So at some point, he realizes that his company is shockingly in debt, like far more in debt than he realizes. So. He tells a uh, he goes to apply for a loan and tells a, the company that he's applying for a loan for that he personally makes three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and he is making nowhere near that and his business is going under. Good for you, kiddo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. So, he said, "Quote: There wasn't much of a thought process. I felt like at that point that was a small price to pay and almost like a cost of doing business. You know, things are going to happen, and I just needed to do whatever I needed to do to fix that. It wasn't right, hold, like hold, hold on, hold on. I need, I need to know. I need to know this guy's first name again. I just need Toby to know. Gross. His name's Toby, Toby Gross. Toby. All right, I know. Toby. Freaking perfect. Toby. That'll be easy to remember. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the the problem with this is that this is not sufficient." Just saying that you have three hundred fifty thousand, you make three hundred fifty thousand dollars, is obviously insufficient. So yeah, Toby. this, to in order to secure loans to keep his company afloat and to uh, you know justify those loans, um, he has to expand this uh, this lie further and further. He brings in people that he likes in his company and just asks them, but not pressures them. He tries not to pressure them uh, into um, helping him, like either forging documents or. Uh, applying for things on their own as well. 
And this even has to go outside of his company, where he has to go uh, to ask somebody to create a title for a, a, a sale that never happened on a property that does not exist. Okay, multiple hmm. other property or other companies. Uh, when this when this article was released, they could not name the exact uh, amount, but essentially. Like one of the things they said is creating false loans is not an easy process. You have to manufacture from thin air borrowers and homes and the paperwork to go with them. Telby was the CEO of his company, but this was outside of his skill set. He needed help. Uh, people on his staff who knew how, uh, how loan documents should look and how to fake them. I will, I will, I will say, I will say, as a person who knows how a lot of this stuff works, yep. it would be difficult if you didn't know what you're doing, but also could definitely be done. <laughs> yeah. So, but the interesting thing with this is not only the people in his own company, because he seemed to have gotten three or four people from his own company, but also the title companies that he had to have sign off on the fake mm-hmm. documents. None of them gave him pushback. See, he that part's them, the hard one. That's the hard one. Can you, can you, expi- like, do, why would you think, like, if, this is what I, like, uh, I, I didn't want to just read the, the article uh, verbatim because they, they, uh, they tell you somewhere as it goes along, but I think it's really interesting. Do you know, like, if, if just hearing this out loud, do you have any good reason why people would just simply be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll help you commit fraud. I, I, so two different answers to this question. One, people just want to work through the list of the backlog of the things they work through. And so would just do whatever it is that gets asked of them because they trust the people that they're doing it for. Very fair. Or, uh, here in Kansas, uh, the title company we do a lot of things for, I know somebody uh, who like runs the offices all around there. And so could probably, if he was one of the people in cahoots with me, would yeah. literally be like the easiest thing ever. But yeah, go ahead. Right. No, no. But you're, both of these are, are basically exactly right. Like, but especially the, the, to me, especially the first one is it's they picture it. They frame it as helping him out, doing him a favor. They literally aren't thinking of this as like, uh, hey, I'm defrauding some other company. I'm uh, contributing to uh, like, you know, a, a, an economy that could fail. Like you're destabilizing <laughs> a tiny, small part of the economy. You are literally just trying to help out a guy who asked you for help. He wasn't yeah. a jerk about it. He wasn't pressuring. Uh, his employees seemed to like him. When push came to shove, so this, this goes on for a while and uh, – Toby eventually gets audited and the IRS, uh, like, fi- find out some stuff. And when the FBI shows up for uh, to ask about this stuff, he just confesses on the spot. He hmm. wasn't trying to hold on to some giant conspiracy. The man himself is not some terrible, awful, uh, evil genius businessman. He's not the Wolf of Wall Street or any nonsense like that. He's just a guy whose framing of the problem in front of him was not framed as an ethical problem. He felt that, hey, I need to fix my company. I need to get my company out of this. And everyone along the way framed it as, how do I help this guy? Because that was the framework that they they approached that initially. That was the biases that, that they initially observed. And uh, the the reason that I also thought this would be interesting for you is because I know you're a little bit uh, like that. I know that you like uh, trading stocks and I know that you're in the finance industry. And um, have you heard of uh, bounded rationality? Uh, no, I haven't. I have so many emotions about what you just said earlier. I know, but I know. Go, go, go. Tell, me, tell me, tell me your emotions first before I go. Uh, 
I just want to say, uh, being able to rationalize a crime to yourself does not mean that it is not a crime. 100%. 100% agree. Like, just because you can make yourself feel better about it doesn't mean <laughs> that it is a thing that we should accept as an okay thing. Completely mostly, agree. That, honestly, that, that mostly sums it up. I just yeah. That, yeah. I couldn't, couldn't let Even it go it- without saying that. Even if there is some short-term benefit, like, I mean, you know, there's, there is a benefit to one person. This guy in particular didn't have his company go under, right? So, like, there is a benefit to someone, but, like, there is long-term harm done, and that's, I'm not trying to excuse this, this guy. I, I apologize yeah. if I framed it that way. But, like, you have, you have to be willing to consider things outside of yourself. You have to be willing to consider, uh, long-term ramifications that might, that don't just affect you. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a bit. Um, All right, Toby. What does he? What's what's he do? Okay, now? so so bounded rationality. Before I go to the, the second thing, bounded rationality okay, yeah, yeah. is a a uh, an economic concept that um, you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of our modern economic beliefs uh, stem from the idea that we're rational actors, right? That we're gonna um, do w- work to make decisions that are in our own self best self interest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the I believe seventies, a uh, Nobel Prize winning uh, economist. I think he might actually won it for this concept, so that's not, probably not like fair to call it that. But regardless, won a, a, an award for this concept that he researched called bounded rationality, which is basically that yeah, there's truth to this. We do want to make decisions in our own self best self interest, but there are bounds to this. You know, I can only price shop so much. I can only go check how many places have the thing that I need. <laughs> like yes. so much. I can only know so much. I can only have the frame the framework to know so much like you know it's great to say i want to be worry about my um um my own best self-interest but i don't always know my own best self-interest shoot i don't even know what makes me happy all the time you know and so that's bounded rationality the fact that our rational rationale for our decisions is bounded by uh the the millions of biases and constraints that that litter our silly little psyches and our silly little lizard brains that we put so much trust in (laughs) and um Bounded ethicality is a, uh, a concept that was built in, the, the, in uh, or a psychology term that uh, or concept that was developed, uh, but that was developed recently, much more recently, uh, by a uh, by a group a group of PhDs and researchers uh, at NYU. And uh, bounded ethicality basically applies this exact same framework, that exact same concept to ethics, basically saying that the way that we ethically consider things or rather to step back a little bit we all want to have uh, we all want to be ethical people even people who you might think of as not uh, as you know bad people or like selfish or whatever they usually are trying to act and live their lives under some ethical pretenses and uh, some ethical system and beliefs that they have it's just that living those truths is harder than than we just it's not as simple as just like ah i am in debt I, how shall I fix this? But how shall I do so ethically? Allow me to consider all of the, the qualms with any <laughs> any action I might take. We have a bunch of things that are that are um, that are affecting our ability to be eth- uh, ethical. And these things can be like they can range from simply like everybody knows about conflict of interests. Um, but conflict of interest, even people who are very ethical and even people at the highest levels of, of our, uh, uh, of our society, like, uh, in this, uh, original, uh, research, they found that conflict of interest, even if spread self-admittedly 
to people that were for or former or current Supreme Court justices and like state Supreme Court justices. Like it is incredibly difficult for people to, to separate themselves entirely from the biases and the, the um, things that are the the conflicts of interest that they, they have. Okay, uh, okay. Hold ahead. on, hold on. Yes, a I've, I've so, been talking a lot. Go ahead. No, no, I want to give you a break, but also what you described is a thing I've thought of uh, of late. Uh, honestly, I think it's recent in the sense that like I just just talked to my wife about this recently, but also a thing that I've kind of grappled with over the last, uh, I don't know, 18 months. No particular reason why. Um, and <laughs> Hard to say why. <laughs> What I've struggled with, and again, I've mentioned this pocket. Like I do, I, I just I love people, and I try to see the best in people. And there are, and, and I got, we don't talk about controversial things in this podcast as much as possible. So, uh, like, I'm gonna walk up to the precipice. I'm not gonna no, <laughs> lean over and look down too far. But like, I, I do think that a lot of the things that people disagree on are things that are. <sighs> through a lens that is just a different lens that people live their lives. And I don't, I think that it is very much a thing that people are informed. Like that lens is informed by lots of things that we think we have control of, but especially nowadays with social media and other things that are much smarter than our dumb human brains are Mm -hmm. like it, it is a thing where I try to give a little bit of grace that they are, in their minds doing a thing that is informed from their perspective. I very much often disagree with the, with that perspective potentially, but like, it's not that I, I I try to withhold the disagreeing with their perspective. Like I want to separate disagreeing with the perspective from disliking them as a person, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to, I don't want those things to be intertwined so strongly as they naturally are. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's really hard because, um, you know, this this last year and a half has really heightened how um, important those disagreements kind of feel, right? Like, I, I don't feel like the the everyday consequences or not even consequences, but every, the everyday realities of those disagreements were that present before. You know, people who had right. differing ideas about politics or, you know, whatever a year or two years ago you know, maybe it just just didn't come up or matter that much. You could just like kind of shrug it off and whatever. And now it's kind of in your face and the world is as the the realities of the pandemic have kind of made it more, uh, more present. Right. And I, but I, you know, to, to be, uh, you know, probably too close to the precipice myself there, but (laughs) I like, I, but I agree with you. I, I think that we have to understand that the reason we all feel these way, this way is not because, you know, some guy that you disagree with strongly hates you and is a mean person who is bad and doesn't like like people or whatever you know like I, that's not somebody who sits there's not people who sit around at least not many people i think who sit around thinking like how do i stick it to those guys that i don't like there's so much as it is they they are framed uh, to me that they're framing the, the questions and the decisions that they make and the beliefs they hold in a different way yeah Sorry, random no. detour. No, you're you're good. It's it's really interesting, and I think that the other thing is that like this is this has broad applications. There's a lot of applications to this, and it's also a very well studied psychological uh, ph- uh, phenomenon yeah. or effect, right? Um, so the original model of bounded ethicality challenged the notion that people can be fully ethical all the time. 
um, and instead said that we are all prone to ethical failure, um, and that these ethical failures are the outcomes of systematic and ordinary psychological processes that are neither rare nor unpredictable. The so some of the examples that the this, uh, this so there's a, a secondary that there, I told you before we we started that um, I wish I could take a whole course on this instead of just doing some research mm-hmm. first, um, but. Uh, and I, if for our listeners, I apologize if I've been a little scatterbrained. The reason is there is so much cool stuff in here, but I want to like try to narrow it down and be focused. And I feel like I'm uh, a little everywhere. But more importantly, so this the study that we're talking about is yep. uh, is going out to uh, try to prove that that is the case. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And there is now a secondary study building on this uh, by um, I believe it's by different uh, different authors. Um, Instead of what was their exact, let me use their their term. Um, sorry, we focus less on what bounded ethicality explains and more on how to explain bounded ethicality, um, hmm. which is to say, how did we get there and why do those things, why do those biases and uh, effects on our on our uh, ethical decision making happen? Um, Unless just what it is, right? Like, less, when did what does it happen? But they give a bunch of examples of ways that it can um, that are. Uh, a, a bunch of examples of topics related to ethics and boundedness. Um, and it's, it's wildly interesting to, because we, we probably all know that these are, are available. Like for example, um, one of the examples is bounded ethical awareness, which is refers to the tendency to overlook the unethical behaviors of others when it develops gradually over time, rather than abruptly at once helpful in understanding our moral judgment of others, but does not relate to one's own ethical decision-making directly. And I have a hundred percent experienced this. When you normalize a bad behavior that someone else is engaging in, as it escalates, it is very, very easy to continue normalizing it. And not even just that, like if it escalates, but any small steps in unethical behavior or in uh, just negative behavior, I guess. I mean, ethical and uh, or unethical yeah. and negative are usually the same thing. But they're very, very easy to justify uh, without, like, you know, trying to make this whatever. Uh, I've had bosses who were just outright awful to all of us. And I look around and I'm like, this is crazy, right? And then new hires come in and think, like, man, Brian's a real dick, huh? <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> but I'm like, language. yeah, but that's just, that's just Brian. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? That's terrible. <clears throat> that's a terrible attitude to have. So you, you might get to this, but, like, why is this not talked about more? Because, like, I, I obviously understand that this is, like, a psychological or sociological concept, but, like, also probably nothing more fitting to adapting to the world of opinions on the internet than this like this like i've I've been like slightly no offense to you nick i've been slightly googling this have you talked about it like i did not learn about this when i was doing school 10 12 years ago and seems like an important thing in our world to understand (laughs) a bit i agree um, I will tell you that I don't have a good answer for why it's not talked about more. Um, without, you know, my my bias is showing here. I sometimes think that this like social sciences are not taken seriously enough, and I think that psychology sometimes like is. So, I, I as I understand it, the way that they um, frame this is very much through like a sociological lens, like that okay. the um, 
the, or that, not all of it, but some of it being like, hey, I mean, like, of course your background is going to affect how you view this and your upbringing and all this stuff, Like, which to me is a, a distinctly obvious thing. As somebody who grew up in a pretty secular household, like my ethical framework for things would never come into a, like would never have a religious question to it at all. Whereas my wife, who is religious and was raised very religiously, would sometimes think about things in ways that, like and say like, oh, that's, well, that's just not something that, that's, uh, you know, that's kosher or whatever for me. And she's not Jewish, just saying kosher. You know. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, like the same thing. Like a lot of my my upbringing, 100% like frames my uh, ethical uh, perspective, like 100%. But like, I, I feel like I've, I, I feel like I'm aware of that and i want to but i feel like everybody should be aware of that and like it's not a thing that we do a good job at sorry i I, go ahead no i uh, that's basically all i had to say i i think that sometimes uh you know uh sociological stuff sometimes gets given the bad rap of being like you know ah it's just a bunch of a bunch of uh academics (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't know (laughs) if that makes sense but uh it sometimes feels like sociology and its uh its studies are kind of dismissed in my mind and that's that's what um i i find that stuff really interesting and the other thing that i'd say is that this this kind of thought is um i think it's challenging for people not because like the concept is challenging but because genuinely trying to challenge yourself on like why do i have the biases that i have is really hard but i do find that that doing so is really uh, it it allows you to more uh, purposefully narrow in on what's important to you. Like, okay, so what should be the framework that I care about? And if ethics is what I care about, then like making sure that I re-examine myself and don't just make a decision out of my financial gains because it's very easy when I walk into a financial si- decision to frame it in a financial way, uh, you know, is allowing me to not have to uh, later on post hoc justify to myself that you know that i was actually a good person uh even if i made a decision without you know thinking of it from an ethical uh framework i man i i I could talk about this probably for like six hours um i know i i i'll also so here's how i will summarize my thoughts on this one in a world that we live in now it is criminal that this is not a thing that everybody talks about as a thing that we just do like the fact that we will frame all of the things that we uh that are contrary to what we're used to through the lens of how we were raised uh and and then give the thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether or not we think that is okay and not even like just the idea that we would do all that without thinking through the fact that like, okay, well, I, I live here. I live in Wichita, Kansas. And I, here's the thoughts that I have. Here's what matters to me and why it matters to me. And here's this person in their context and what matters to them and their thoughts and beliefs. And what, what does it mean for me to believe the things that I believe? What does that impact right. on their lives? And I just, the whole, the whole thing is if we don't, if we don't think about those things, if we don't acknowledge that that's the case, if we don't think about that, we will unintentionally act extremely selfishly toward our own biases. And it's okay to have biases. There are certain things that like I I do objectively think are good. Like I I think that like, I think we're currently, I'm sorry. I I don't want to talk over you, but I want to like to, to build on your thing here. I, I think that we often right now, 
are told to, you know, like stop thinking of things just from your own perspective. And that, there's there's absolute truth to that. And I, I'm saying that as the person trying to tell everyone to say that right now. But dude, your perspective as somebody who grew up in Wichita is a good thing. Like it is a good thing that you know the perspective of a, you know, of a small town that is next to a big city that is next, that is in Kansas, because we need to know all of these perspectives. Is it a good thing that you have that perspective? But it's also a limited thing. All of us have limited experiences. All of us are imperfect. And it's, I think it is both a, like a, a, I I think it's a genuinely like liberating or liberating is probably too strong of a word like very like you know pat yourself on the back thing but like i i think that is a very very good thing to both have those experiences and also be willing to question them because then you can take the important and worthwhile lessons from them and also learn more if if you know if you feel like hey there was limitations in that like it's it's a good thing in my opinion no i think it's a fantastic thing honestly man we're gonna get way (laughs) this is like the Nick and Jeff talk about their philosophy on the podcast. <laughs> we're trying to do it while not being, without being like overly personal or overly controversial. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. I and I, I don't think we have been controversial. I think this no. is I, honestly. And you know what? If you disagree with me, you could go listen to a different podcast. But no, I, <laughs> this is this, not controversial <laughs> as you could possibly be about this. This is uh, yeah, exactly. I I enjoy listening to podcasts for this exact reason. It is oftentimes a very safe place for lots of people to get together and have a common point of interest and i think that is a really nice thing it's one of the reasons why i love doing this podcast with you it's because we have very different upbringings like we live on completely yeah. different i mean and like you've moved different places but currently like we live on completely different i don't know what the right word is to say if you were to divide a map up by opinion um we live in completely different opinions of the our current current continent um yep. and I, I really, really enjoy being able to just have genuine conversation without it being super dramatic and just hearing thoughts because I do feel like that's super valuable and I feel so much better doing that sort of thing than having the, the closed perspective that is just, you know, the the people in my small town around which like I, I don't go me wrong. I love my small town around Wichita. I, yeah. Like I love all the things like I love very, very many things about that and are our Kansas culture and the old good old Southern hospitality. And like, I could go on and on about all the different cool stories about people being super nice. Living in big cities or living in the burbs or whatever is not all sunshine. You know what I mean? It's not all perfect by any means. (laughs) And to to a different point, dude, you said uh, like um, about uh, how the fact that I've lived in a bunch of different places, very true. And it has given me some exposure to, to things that I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. But also I, in some ways, I played tourist at some of these places. There's places that yeah. I lived for like a year and a half. I mean, like, you know, I, I get like a brief w- insight into somebody's life in a year or, like, you know, the lifestyle of a place in a year and a half. I, I've lived here where I'm at now for a year and a half, and I still don't know my way around town half the time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I <laughs> so there's a lot of times that I think some some of my perspectives are, uh, you know, broader than yeah. the, like the average person. And there's some ways that, like, I you know, probably have a very limited understanding of those things that I get to dip my toes into or those cultures that, uh, or, you know, small ecosystems or whatever subcultures that I, that I get to dip my toes into. I feel so preachy about this, Nick, but like, I really do genuinely believe it. Like if you non-judgmentally go into conversations with people, that is the way that you like, you can actually learn and like you can influence people like that. I don't know. It's, it's a much better way than what Facebook wants to tell you how to do it. It's, uh, 
it's and, not it's not popular. It doesn't get the clicks, but it I think it I think it is what gets the actual change to happen. It, uh if I can build on that a little bit, and I, I agree with you, that is how that is how you affect change. That is how you uh, create change. But if I can build on that a little bit, um, so the the one of the women who is the uh, one of the researchers on this uh, the original paper um, teaches uh, leadership courses to MBA students, and so a lot of this stuff is a lot of this uh, stuff when I was re- uh, looking it up is framed around the business uh, applications and like, you know, making ethical business decisions. And one of the things that basically every article and when she spoke in one of the videos that I saw of her uh, said was, it's a reminder of humility, to have humility that you are not, you are not this perfectly ethical person. You are not the perfect person who can uh, dismiss all your biases and doesn't come into a thing uh, with any bias and can, you know, just make a rational quick decision on, you know, the pros and cons of good and bad. Um, And I I think there's a lot of value to that too, of just like, we should all be a little bit more humble about our experiences and our perspectives. Okay. This is my last, last, last thing. I promise. No, take it. All, all it, all it takes is being wrong a handful of times to realize, man, you know what? I don't need to treat everything that I think is being super, super right all the time. Like I, I've been wrong. I've burned myself a few times. Maybe I just listen sometimes, and it's probably a better way to go about it than explaining explaining why I'm right. Because turns out, if you're wrong and you've done spent the last eight months talking about how right you are, probably not the best look. So yeah, just maybe, maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> not, hedge your bets a little bit the there and be a little back. open to accepting the fact that you might be wrong about a thing you think. It's okay. It's I think that's very okay, but also the, it's not the best look. Is exactly right. <laughs> not the best look. Oh, goodness. Oh, okay, yeah. well this this devolved into Jeff just talking to Nick pretty quickly. I'd say about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I do that. We do that. Good job, us. <laughs> No, it's okay. That's good. Um, Anyways, Nick, uh, we should probably wrap it up. Ah, Here we go. So uh, we need to talk about uh, some stuff about the NBA because the NBA Finals just uh, wrapped up. So we're going to do that on our Patreon-only podcast. We started another podcast. Uh, If you want to check that out, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Tywasap. Yep. And you can also follow us at Tywasap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. Uh, You can find all of that at Tywasap.com. You sure can. Uh, Nicholas, uh, hot takes on life in general <laughs> aside, I really appreciated. I don't know if they were hot uh, takes. Not, not aside. Not hot takes. I just yeah. thoughts on life in general aside. Uh, not aside. Including. Uh, included. I definitely appreciate you potting with me. Yes. You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.